Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The headline of the day we all thought was going to be Donald Trump has been arrested. As he truthed that out over the weekend that he'd be arrested today. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen today. It is going to happen, though. Okay. There's hardly anybody at this point saying that it's not likely to happen, right? The indictment? Not per se. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. My bat fevers. Uh, I'm actually feeling much better today, but uh, for the first time today, I'm coughing a bit. Uh, I was just thinking about that. And it's funny. During the theme music, this Alvin Bragg character, this Soros-funded Marxist DA who's bringing these trumped-up, no pun intended, charges, he's got to be getting hardcore pressure from behind the scenes, including from Democrats. Which direction? Both directions, right? Not to not to go ahead with it. You think some Democrats? Democrats are against some? Yeah, I think some understand what a miscalculation this could be. Number one, it could rally Trump support. Number two, it's just you've got a very thinly reasoned prosecution of the other party's leading candidate. That's just an ugly, ugly road to go down. Yeah, I, I don't know about behind the scenes. Just taking it in from. Uh... You know, cable news, the the MSNBC crowd, they're just obviously he should be convicted of this. The law's the law. And the other cynical uh, note that was going through my mind was George Soros and company, his uh, his overlords, his Marxist overlords might be saying to him, dude, we're doing a pretty good job of uh, turning loose all these violent felons and not prosecuting felonies as felonies and and giving people zero bail and the rest of it. This is going to bring down the heat bad if you do this. Why don't we just keep our little Marxist fantasy going here? People getting raped and stabbed and murdered and, and stuff like that. And don't bring down the heat with this Trump thing. I could see that happening behind the scenes. I don't know. It's just a thought. Anyway, not going to be arrested today. So when I first started thinking seriously about artificial intelligence, it was when I read the book Life 2.0. I think that's the name of the book. 
And uh, it opens with a chapter where uh, AI had created this fantastic, I think a movie or novel. But anyway, I'd never considered the idea of artificial intelligence getting involved in the arts. I'd always thought about it in other different kinds of ways. And we've talked a lot about it, uh, you know, the way it can replace um, a lot of law or uh, science or all these different sorts of jobs it can do. Uh, self-driving cars or whatever it is, but the arts I hadn't really thought that much about. We saw some stuff yesterday that was mind-blowing in terms of uh, the artistic abilities of artificial intelligence. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was deep in thought thinking about that very concept. But yeah, we're exchanging uh, notes with a a friend who, among his many talents, is writing like adventure books, like action-adventure stuff, spies and and heroes and and that sort of thing. Uh, it's good stuff too. Um, but he's designing the characters in his book to be, you know, whether for illustrations or future movies or whatever. And using uh, one of your AI art platforms that's costing him three hundred and sixty dollars a year for unlimited access, he's describing uh, what his characters ought to look like. And as he goes, he's getting better and better at it. Uh, for instance. Uh, just to show you how this works, here he's getting closer and closer to his heroine. Here's this gorgeous woman. I won't describe her because he does. Here are the basic commands that I went back and forth with it a few times for the right iterations. Beautiful, middle-aged Mexican woman, Aztec, Indian heritage, and some features, mid-30s age, heroine, mocha-colored skin, stunning, exotic, large dark brown eyes, skin-tight leather, in the style of an action movie star similar to Angelina Jolie in the movie Tomb Raider, with detailed black flowing hair, incredibly tight, lightly muscled, dramatic lighting, very detailed, sharp focus, studio photo, intricate details, highly detailed, colorful, full body, etc., etc. And it yielded this perfect manifestation of that description. I'm looking at it right now, and it's perfect. And it's a it's not a, a photo like a real person. It's a like an artistic, like a drawing, like a painting. Uh, it's photorealistic, though. I mean, this could be a picture of a Hollywood starlet. Yeah. Yeah. But so where would that have come from without AI? He, he would have hired a talented artist who would have uh, drawn himself, drawn him something from uh, his description, and he'd look at it and rub his chin and say, needing, because I used to... Needing days, I would assume, to do it. Oh, yeah, 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 if not more. Um, and I used to work kind of in this industry before I got into radio when I was very, very young, but um, it, you'd go to your art director and you'd say, here's what I'm looking for. He would finish it after days or weeks or whatever. You'd rub your chin. You'd think, you know, that's younger than I was picturing. Can we get a little more earthy, a little more world-weary, but still beautiful? And then he would then say, a week why later, didn't you tell me that in the first place? All right, I'll get back to work. And go in and close the door. Well, I suggest you you, you have a more productive relationship with your art people. But um, <laughs> right, actually, you know that that would probably be more money. Um, yeah, but yeah. He would go back to work on it and bring you another one. You'd rub your chin more and say, "Yeah, your eyes are too cat-like," and he'd roll his eyes and and that. But yeah, and that person would be making a living. That would pay you would their pay m- many thousands of dollars for that. Many that thousands. They'd be making a living where they would pay their mortgage and raise their kids and have cars and retirement and all that sort of stuff. And now, 
you can go online and say, I want it to be a, you know, a Hispanic woman, about 35, blah, get all the features you just described there, get the picture in seconds? How long did and it in take? in effect, that person who, oh yeah, it renders it in seconds. That person who is now a, a, an app that you subscribe to makes $360 a year. That's how much that brilliant art production is worth now. Well, that's what it costs now. Prices are going to go down on this. This technology is brand new. If anything, it's going to get cheaper. Um, oh, yeah, but the human who could render that for you was making 150 k at an ad agency or an art right. uh, graphic arts outfit right. or whatever. So uh, that happened yesterday in real life. A friend of ours who was showing us how easy it was to come up with these artistic creations, which was mind-blowing. I had read this over the weekend in the Washington Post, an opinion piece by T-Bone Burnett and Jonathan Taplin. I don't know Jonathan Taplin. He's a, a, he's a, a tech person. But T-Bone Burnett is a producer, musician, one of the biggest things in all of music. And the headline of this op-ed was, To protect human artistry from AI, new safeguards might be essential. I'll read some of this because I thought it was really interesting. Only the biggest of tech players will dominate generative AI because it requires massive amounts computing of computing power. But copyright appears to be anything but a top priority for Google, Meta, and Microsoft. So while human creators rationally explore and debate this issue, tech corporations are using their work to train the machines that ultimately make the may make artists obsolete as we were just talking about. There are already more than two... I didn't know this. There are already more than 200 paperbacks and ebooks offered by Amazon that list ChatGPT as the author or co-author. Wow. The author of the book is ChatGPT. One writer boasted recently that he produced a sci-fi novel in three hours using ChatGPT. The problem is not just the immiseration of artists' incomes, lessening, taking away. What does that word mean? Immiseration? I don't know. Anyway. Pooping on. It means to poop on. Not good for their incomes. Uh, AI operates on the theory that all the possible original ideas in the universe are already contained in the data sets they've ingested from the Internet, which is probably true. There's only so many different ways you can do Boy Meets Girl or, you know, a pop song with three chords or whatever. Well, right. I, I have a book. I can't remember the title exactly, but it's something to the effect of The 22 Plots, because there are only 22. Which makes you want to plot. <laughs> So the intelligence of AI merely requires recombining this data into something that differs just enough from the ingested work to not risk a copyright suit. So it can take in all the pop music that exists, craft something that's very similar to a lot of other stuff, but just different enough. In fact, AI would be able to go into all the legal cases that have been lost and figure wow. out just how far off you need to be to not get sued. Wow. But if the core creative act is radically diminished or replaced, that will stop culture in its tracks. This is the part that I think is really interesting and, you know, theory more than, you know, I don't know. It, it gets complicated. We realize that big tech's plunge into AI has raised concerns that may make the endangering of artists' rights seem pale in comparison. These including the trouble ways that Microsoft's Bing chatbot has, chatbot has steered conversations, the likelihood that AI will supercharge disinformation, the possibility that AI-powered military weapons could be killer robots, etc. But as the physicist Stephen Hawking once wrote, if a superior alien civilization sent us a message saying, we'll arrive in the next few decades, would we just reply, okay, call us when you get here, we'll leave the lights on? We probably wouldn't. But this is more or less what is happening with AI. 
That was nine years ago, and it's still happening. And they go on and on about how, and what was that similar uh, thread I had from another great thinker I can't think of? But anyway, he said, how is this all this just happening without more of a conversation of, is this a good idea? Should we be doing this? Do we want to have any rules on it? We're all just kind of, wow, that's cool. Let's see how it turns out. Kind of like that idea from Stephen Hawking with, oh, really? Aliens are going to invade. Okay, well, we'll let's wait and see how that turns out. Yeah, I guess I disagree a little bit in that I feel like the discussion is being held, but at the end of it, everybody throws up their hands and says, I have no idea. I don't think it's a lack of discussion. I think it's a lack of having any idea what to do about it. Uh, you know, I, I think you're right. Boy, at the risk of uh, it, it, going to, with the answer yeah, just ahead. being, yeah, it's going to destroy art, man-made art. It's going to destroy yes. it. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's no stopping it at this point. So uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and I can't remember. It was a confluence of several different things, including reading that long description of a Taylor Swift concert, which I was reading not because I was particularly interested, but I I just uh, I was interested in the abstract. I was like, okay, what's selling? What is the New York Times writing about it? What's popular? You know, why is this particular uh, corporation, Taylor, the Taylor Swift Corporation, so successful at entertaining people? Because of her legs. uh, that's part of it. Uh, they are exquisite. Anyway, um, I was thinking about the nature of pop music and how when I was a kid, particularly, it was, generally speaking, shaggy ne'er-do-wells making art. Now, there was absolutely the commercial aspect of it. You know, all the black artists in the 50s and 60s getting ripped off and the record company guys claiming songwriting credits that they didn't deserve. And so it's always been a money grab. But for a while there... Shaggy Misfits making art kind of took it over and were the face of it. That now has gone completely. Those people still exist, but pop music is almost entirely a global corporate enterprise. And it has had most of the soul squeezed out of it. I don't know any anything to do about it. I'm not sure there is anything to do about it other than look for little art around you. Look for artists and creative people who appeal to your soul close to you. Don't look for them through mass media. Um, but it, it, it strikes, strikes me as of a piece with how Little League has now become corporatized and every kid is playing year-round and looking for a scholarship. Soccer's the same. Uh, it just The globalization phenomenon, nothing is local. We are now no longer, and I realize I'm covering a lot of ground. I just glanced at the clock and see how late we're running. Um, we have been reduced in many ways to a global economic actor. We are no longer a religious actor. We are not a social connected actor or, or belonging to a bunch of organizations in our community. We don't have big social networks. It's now online. I think human beings, to a large extent, are being reduced to global economic actors. And I think it it is a, a, a sad and scary development. I also think it's unavoidable. And I'm sorry if I've made anybody want to hang themselves or drink themselves to death or whatever. I just I don't see any counter trend. Sorry if I've made anyone want to hang themselves. All human beings are are economic actors connected on the internet to everybody else on earth. Any thoughts on this and art going away because of AI? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. T-Bone Burnett, legendary guitar player, instrumentalist, producer, everything music, with an uh, op-ed in the Washington Post about how AI could destroy art and artists, and more importantly, he thought, the, the, the advancement of culture. And we got a text to that point. To me, the saddest part of AI dominating art is that we'll all be mediocre. AI seems to take the average of what exists and spit it back out there won't be any new ideas or thoughts or style ai isn't going to generate the next picasso or van gogh that's exactly his point they're not they it's not going to create something new and wonderful that only the human mind will ever be able to do it, it can just combine stuff that's already existed in ways that are very very good like as good as can be but not new no and i'm telling you there's just something <sighs> disturbing about if AI writes a song that's as good as another human being writing a song that's still not a human being giving me that song you're right it, it reminds is, me of a, an online friend as opposed to a real friend you're absolutely no right connection a good book if I read a good book and I knew it was written by the computer it would just be disturbing and weird and not the same way I get from like learning more about Tolstoy's life and visiting his home and stuff like that. This man that created this, all of that would be gone. Well, and, and compare the wonder that we all had at J.K. Rowling, single mom, toiling away in a coffee shop writing the Harry Potter books, 
and and the imagination and the the the, the drive and the the will that took that's part of the enjoyment of the books maybe it's not a big part like for kids but her labor in producing those comes through the words it has to that's the nature of creativity well she's transphobic so we don't allow the harry potter books in our home but um that is hilarious um that will be the test for ai and i hope i live long enough to see it i don't think it'll take very long will it ever be able to create something like harry potter something so new and different that it becomes such a phenomenon will that ever happen or will it always just be that level below it's real good it's, you know, it's like, it's going to be like, I kept picturing strip malls. AI yeah. art is going to be like all strip malls. Every town has got the same strip mall. Got a Best Buy, you got a Home Depot, you got the, you got an Applebee's and a Chili's. I mean, it's going to be all of that. It's a fine, you know, this is where I get my stuff. It's the same everywhere you go. Right. And it will sell well. It will be successful in economic terms, which gets me back to my theme. I just think we're being reduced to economic creatures. And real quick, one of the other things I was thinking about that all came together in my mind was I was reading about housing markets and how global investors now are so distorting local housing markets so people who live in those markets can't can't afford houses because whenever the prices drop, global investors move in and buy up the properties and the rest of it. Can humanity survive that if something as fundamental as housing is globalized? Oof. That's a good question. It We're out of time again. Damn it. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. We we are not involved in this, won't be involved in this. Uh, I have no interest in getting involved in some type of manufactured circus by some Soros DA. Uh, Most people caught on to the cleverness of Ron DeSantis laying out the details of the porn star and the cheating on your wife and everything like that as he was addressing the whole Trump thing. That was a little cute. I enjoyed it. Uh, Stormy Daniels is getting a little attention again because she's a... uh, What is she? How old is she? Give me an age on uh, on Stephanie Clifford there, will you, Michelangelo? 47. Yeah, I was going to say, she's pushing 50. And that's... uh, You're on... just looked up. Hanson came up with it. 44. Still too old for uh, porn stardom. Uh, there, there are unfortunately plenty of younger women who are willing to do that. And uh, But so she's making a little hay out of this as she's announcing some places that she'll be dancing this weekend. Because you're the sort of weirdo that wants to go watch a chick who's involved in a big political story dance around naked. What are you? What do you do something else with your life? All right. I, I know, boy, that's some... <laughs> Although, I think most of the people who go to see her are going ironically. You think? Like when yeah, I... Yeah, and that's, it's yeah. so sad. Yeah, I guess I'm just uh, too busy for that sort of stuff. Anywho, uh, Trump is not going to be arrested today, but he is likely to be... And I think uh, the term arrested is being overblown. He's technically arrested in that you have to be there and you're not allowed to leave until the procedure is over. But um, it's not arrested in the normal sense that we all talk about being arrested, where the cops show up right. and put you in cuffs and 
put you in a car and all that sort of stuff. You didn't know it was coming. Turn yourself in for arraignment. Yeah, by the, yeah. by the way, Stormy Daniels just married porn star Barrett Blade, I was told. She married a porn star. Yeah. Barrett Blade. I'm not familiar with his work. I hope they're for good. I uh, I hope they're happy together. And they don't give each other horrifying diseases. Well, I think they're out of the business. I mean, she may dance a bit, which, again, is a sad, sad. Experience. Are they out of the business? And how did they meet? They almost have to be the business to have met, don't they? Wait, just a coincidence that they're now she's a real estate agent and he's a whatever he well, is. Or, it's like old college sweethearts getting back together. They knew each other back in the day and reconnected. It's a nice story. Remember that time it? when we were young and I pretended to be the pizza delivery guy and you were the lonely housewife? Those were good times. Oh, right, right. The pizza guy. Look, I bought you some flowers. Yeah, they're making a porn st- uh, porn movie called Lawless right now. They're making oh, a porn movie together. Yeah. So I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How is there, as we've talked about many, many times, how is there a need for, we're complaining about AI and creating art and everything like that and just rehashing old stuff. When it comes to pornography, that would be perfectly all right. How is there a need for any new pornography? It's inconceivable that anybody, no matter how addicted they are to porn, have seen all of it. I mean, that's it's unthinkable. So, yeah, how, how, how does there need to be new? I don't know. You wouldn't think there'd just be any, just the, um, uh, you know, the, the supply and demand laws would keep there from being any money in it. Well, there clearly is money in it. Clearly there is. But who are you? There must be, it must be like the TikTok thing that we hear about all the time. That, um, what the average person spends six hours a day on TikTok and young people are on it pretty much all the time. And I think I've never been on TikTok. So if the average is six hours, you know, there's a bunch of people on there a lot more than six hours to make up for people like me who's never been on there. Well, the right. same thing with porn. For it to be profitable, there must be people watching porn like all day long. Well, and paying for it. And paying for it. Right. Seriously, find something else to do with your life. Good Lord. All right. On to a couple of crime stories. One of them just interesting. One of them somewhat significant. Saw this on ABC News last night. A Colorado dentist is behind bars, accused of a heinous, complex, and calculated plot to slowly poison his wife to death. Police say 45-year-old James Craig allegedly purchased arsenic and cyanide and secretly dosed his wife Angela in protein shakes. The arrest affidavit showing text messages between he and his wife the week before her death. Angela complaining, my head feels funny and dizzy, even writing, I feel drugged. Angela rapidly declined and was pronounced brain dead Saturday at a local hospital before oh. being taken off life support. So uh, if your husband or wife is really pushing you the protein shakes on you, um, uh, you know, I'd get them checked at the local lab. But uh, here's how they, wow. uh, they caught on to the guy. Alarm bells went off for Craig's longtime business partner when he heard of Angela's strange and sudden symptoms. A colleague had recently opened a package addressed to Craig at the dentist's office containing potassium cyanide. He alerted a nurse at the hospital of his suspicions, leading investigators to Craig. According to the affidavit, investigators finding Craig had conducted numerous online searches about poisons, including how many grams of pure arsenic will kill a human and is arsenic detectable in an autopsy. The couple had six children together, friends and family telling authorities that this was not the first time Craig had tried to poison his wife. Oh, yeah, and then there's another clip where they talk about uh, co-workers 
seeing the package show up or something like that. Um, then his wife dies. But hey, geniuses, if you're going to murder somebody and think you're going to pull off the, you know, the crime of the decade or whatever, um, if your wife dies of a poisoning, they're going to look at your Google searches and see you searching. How much arsenic would it take to kill a, wa- a woman and would it show up in the autopsy? You moron. If you eliminated the terrible crimes done by stupid people for stupid reasons, there would be a lot less crime. I don't know if it was in those clips there, and they had, I think, six kids. Yeah, yeah. Very frustrating story. Wow, I'd say. But in the modern world, I'm surprised people haven't caught on to the fact that you can't Google these things. Go to your local library and look it up or something. I mean, I don't know, but... You can't be Googling on your own devices. Why Why are you trying to help criminals murder their wives? I'm assuming they're not listening to this show. I assume they listen to, to classic rock. All right. Let's, <laughs> if you are a would-be murderer, tune out now, please. Go ahead now. Well, they're so stupid, they probably would do that. Yeah, it's just, I can't believe anybody's saying, nobody will, nobody, it it won't ever come back to haunt me that I just Googled on my own phone, you know, uh, how much poison would it take to kill somebody, then ordered it through my own Amazon, and the guy's smart enough to be a dentist, and he's that stupid. What gives, as they used to say? Um, What's up with that? I don't know if it's consequential, but just because it was such a watched trial that ended a couple of weeks ago. Remember old man Murdoch, who's in jail for murder, murdering his wife and son. Well, he's got another son that's still alive, and people are starting to look at him around this story. That frenzy surrounding Alec Murdoch's double murder trial now turning the spotlight onto the unsolved death of his surviving son Buster's one-time classmate. The family of Stephen Smith raising over $70,000 to exhume the 19-year-old's body for an independent autopsy. Buster Murdoch, who went to high school with Smith, breaking his silence to address what he called vicious rumors of his involvement, saying in a statement, these baseless rumors of my involvement with Stephen and his death are false. I unequivocally deny any involvement in his death and my heart goes out to the Smith family. Well, they're exhuming the body of this gay former classmate who there were rumors in the high school that this Murdoch kid was involved with romantically. Hmm. And when those rumors started going around, all of a sudden this gay classmate ended up dead. He got in a hit and run. And, well, uh, yeah, as a pedestrian, he was hit and killed by a vehicle, theoretically, mm, on a country road. Right next to the Murdoch's property. 15 miles away. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. not the way I heard it portrayed on the news. Well, that's further away than right next to. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's not terribly far in a rural area, but you know how rural areas are. 15 well, miles is... Let's just look at it this way. So, uh, in a family where mom and son are dead... And uh, housekeeper and is dead. Housekeeper fell down the stairs. Somebody died on a boat when your kid was in, involved in the boat. And then you right. got uh, somebody else. The kid rumors were in the high school was dating. Ends up dead also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Worth looking at. No. Yeah. Doubt. Well, they're seriously looking into it because they're exhuming the body and they're fully looking into this. Well, and at the time they called it a hit and run, although the uh, according to some uh, close to the case. The injuries really weren't consistent with that. It was a like a, a just his head was 
uh, crushed. Yeah, so he put out that statement that you just heard. I've tried my best to ignore these vicious rumors. He said, I haven't spoken up till now, the Murdoch kid, because I want to live in private while I cope with the deaths of my uh, my uh, fa- uh, my mother and brother and my father's incarceration. So kind of insinuating that he doesn't think his dad is guilty, I guess. I mean, he certainly didn't word it in a way that leads him to believe he does think his dad is guilty. Mm-hmm. But he said, this has gone on far too long. These are baseless rumors that you, you just heard. And okay. Well, given your family's history, I don't know if there's any such thing as a baseless rumor. If anybody you knew ends up dead. Yeah, you got to excuse the rest of us for thinking, you know, that's yet another coincidence and yet another dead body. Wouldn't it be something if both kids had gotten away with a murder or at least involuntary manslaughter and uh, and dad's a murderer? Wow, what a family. If any are left, please don't reproduce. Yeah. Well, that's the culture of power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely, right? That family yeah. being in charge for dang near a century. Yeah, I've heard people say that at this point, uh, this far down the road, that there's almost no chance you could find enough evidence to charge anybody in the death of that poor young man. Um, unfortunately. Well, if it was my kid, I'd want to continue uh, trying to figure it out, especially if he had suspicions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And at the very least, if if indeed the new autopsy, which is a gruesome prospect, um, says, no, these head injuries are not consistent with uh, a car or something like that, you don't have that out there. Just go ahead and have that out there right? so that that person who did it, at least they're going to feel a little heat. Right. And uh, not a crazy motive either. You're living a a life as a straight person in the South, rural South. Powerful dad, sure. And you're involved with a gay kid in high school and rumors go around that you guys are doing it and you think, I can't have this. With that family history, not hard to believe at all. Yeah, yep, no kidding. What a story. So back into the hard news of the day. Before the end of the show, we got to get to the bums and junkies update in California. The spectacular amount of money being spent and what it's wrought, what sort of results it's brought. Shocking. And just remember, if you get a this morning, hey, honey, I made you a fruit smoothie. I just thought I'd do something nice for you. Take it to the lab. Wow. Take it down wow. to the lab. I don't think I need to. No. <laughs> yes. We got all that stuff Joe mentioned on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We did get this text. I'm a dentist. We're not that smart. Ah, that's a remarkable candor, doctor. Thank you. Thank you, sir. San Diego has had enough. I was shocked to see this. With down, This is from the San Diego Union-Tribune, which is a formerly great, fairly conservative paper, which has swung liberal. With downtown homeless encampments in his district surging in recent months, San Diego City Council member Stephen Whitburn, who we've talked to on Thursday, announced he would will propose an ordinance banning tents and makeshift structures on public property. We've heard too many stories of people camping on our streets who have been randomly attacked, stabbed to death, or even set on fire. These encampments are unsafe. They're also a danger to our neighborhoods. And shockingly, San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria joined Whitburn in the announcement and said he supported the proposal and would urge the full city council to approve it. Oh, my God. I hope that catches on. Even if uh, other alternatives are not available, no encampments on public property. Obviously, obviously, obvious freakingly. No, says Gavin Newsom. Let's pour more billions of dollars into Homeless Incorporated. I pass. William Lodge, go ahead. I pass places all the time where I think, how did it become acceptable for there to be tents right there? This is crazy. Yeah, a giant junkie camp. William Lodge on Fox News, clip 60. This is the epicenter of homelessness. California is home to 10% of the U.S. population, but 33% of the nation's homeless. How angry we are as Californians about what's going on on the streets and sidewalks in our state. The state spent $17 billion on the homeless the last three years, roughly $100,000 per person. Yet the number of homeless increased even as the state's population fell. We're wasting a lot of money. The governor is now proposing another billion dollars on programs that we don't even know work. Interesting. Fox going with the lowest number I've ever heard for the percentage of homeless in California. As uh, the Wall Street Journal said it was two-thirds, and then the New York Times more recently said it was three-quarters. Although sometimes, I never saw that. That seems crazy to me. Although sometimes those numbers are inflated by the homeless crowd because they want to say, look, we've got a huge problem. We need these billions of dollars. So sometimes it's inflated yeah. by that crowd. Right. I loved it. So cute how Gavi Newsom in there says, we're all angry about what's happening on our, our, our streets and our parks. 
you're angry. It's your policies that got all this going, or at least certainly fueled the rise. It's a good point. Uh, William Lodge Ness with more in 61. Many homeless are in disability that typically pays 800 to 1800 a month. Most qualify for food stamps, food assistance, and daily meals. The government builds apartments. Average cost in L.A. and San Francisco, 750000 per unit. There are also housing vouchers and subsidies. Case managers help get medical appointments, mental health, and drug and alcohol treatment. Some also receive free bus passes and a safe place to park if they're living out of a car. And cell phones and finally wrap it up with 63, Michael. The mayor promises more shelters. The governor's using the National Guard to build more tiny homes. We're at a crossroads where public sympathy is wearing thin, public outrage is growing, and if we're not able to show meaningful reductions and fast, uh, we're in danger of losing all public support for what we're trying to do. The state audit found that money isn't necessarily a problem. Accountability is with hundreds of government agencies and nonprofits all fighting for a piece of the pie, producing a bloated duplicative system critics call Homeless Inc. I don't recall the one. name of the the chap who who said uh, we're in danger of losing all public you know sympathy and support. He was a homeless advocate type guy, but uh, I could tell by the way he spoke and the words he chose that he's uh, I think a man of good conscience, um, or at least he was being honest there, saying that public outrage and, and anger is growing and sympathy is declining and we're going to lose it. Uh, and I would suggest to him, and maybe we can line him up for a chat sometime. I would suggest to you, sir, the other aspect of it is that a lot of us don't think a lot of the things you're doing are helping. We think they're hindering the problem for the masses of people who are simply drug addicts. They're useless junkies. They could be useless citizens and good folks if they could turn their lives around. But you are making it as easy and comfortable as possible to continue to be drug addicts, and that is a fundamental problem. I'm not talking about the profoundly mentally ill or the poor, the incapable of taking care of themselves. That's a completely different question. You want to clean up the junkie camps? Make it hard to be a junkie. For instance, like San Diego, say, sorry, no camps, no camps. But there is a tipping point, apparently, that happens. We saw it happen in Portland, where Mayor Weasel finally said, all right, that's enough. Uh, with a whole bunch of different things, and we're seeing in San mm-hmm. Diego, there is a there is a limit that apparently can be reached. Yeah, Seattle is showing signs of waking up too. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's encouraging. I just wonder how many more souls will be lost while we pursue these incredibly misguided policies. As we again to quote that brilliant piece about how San Francisco became a failed city we're easing our young people into death on the sidewalk surrounded by half-eaten box lunches gruesome we do four hours of live talk radio every day unscripted um if you ever miss an hour you can get it in podcast form you just look for armstrong and getty on demand we got hour four coming up armstrong and getty The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters 
every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.